Welcome, science fiction fans. This is Don 2, Ricardo Cameron from the forums. I'm here today with my son, Aaron 1, and my daughter, Ariana 1. And today we'll be covering the great 1976 sci-fi film, the dystopian Logan's Run. Enjoy the clips and trivia presented today on Treks and Sci-Fi Podcast number 397. Live long and prosper. authorize a new Sandman. I tell you, Francis, that's him. Well, maybe, maybe not. What does it matter? Anyway, he isn't yours anymore. All right, you want me to wake him? Wake him? No, you can't. Scanners report intrusion. Identify. Logan 5, Francis 7, authorized duty quadrant. Intrusion, accidental. Clear, Logan 5. Clear, Francis 7. All right, Francis, I'm with you.
crazies hang around nursery. Anyway, there'll be a couple of new Sandmen in there tomorrow. How do you know? Some of our guys are on carousel tonight, and Sandmen always renew, I know. But you don't know, you just assume. One for one. What everyone's been taught to believe. One for one. Well, why not? That's exactly how everything works. Keeps everything in balance. One is terminated, one is born. Simple, logical, perfect. You have a better system? Of course not. At least I wonder about it sometimes. Not like you with your automatic one-for-one -one routine. You sound like a sleep teacher with a stuck tail. Logan, leave it alone. It's perfect. You know, Logan, you wonder a lot. Too much for a Sandman. Look, why were you so angry just then? What did he do to you? That red's gonna run. I can always tell. Did you ever see Francis 8? I've never even visited nursery before tonight. You know, when you question, it slows you down. I don't know. What makes you so curious? You know who his seed mother was? Of course not. I'm curious, not sick. Good. <laughs> the song that you heard at the beginning of the podcast was a cover done by my 16-year-old son, Aaron. And he probably has something to say about that. I'll just riff a little on that. That was originally a song called 30 Days by Chris Drew from Never Shout Never. And I was playing that, I don't know, about a month ago. My dad was saying something about this podcast. So because of the correlation with the number 30, we decided to put this in as Logan's Run. So we wrote some lyrics together. Really catchy. <laughs> really uh, intuitive. No, not the right word. We can cut this out. But uh, they were really, uh, <laughs> they made sense. No, clever. Yes, the word I was looking for. Clever. So let me just, like, pause for a second and then say clever, and then we can cut that out. As in clever movies. Clever movies. The, yeah, the lyrics were just pretty clever, so we decided to put it in. We love it. We love it. So, have fun with that. Yay. Alright, and we'll continue on with our podcast. My daughter Ariana will be providing a little poetry reading at the end of the podcast. Hey, from our friends at Clever Movies on YouTube. Check them out. Ryan Gosling gets the Logan's Run gig, that story in seconds. <laughs> Chelsea Cannell, and you're watching Clever Movies. Ryan Gosling has been working the indie circuit for some time, but he'll be heading the big studio route when he stars in the upcoming remake of Logan's Run. The film, released back in 1976, followed a man who tries to outrun a mandatory death sentence that takes the lives of all 30-year-olds. Warner Brothers has been trying to get the reboot going for years, but it seems it'll finally be moving forward with production starting in the fall. Now, the film will reunite Gosling with his drive director, Nicholas Winding Refn. Now, Gosling will play Logan Five, a Sandman whose job it is to put people to sleep who try and escape the mandatory death. Sounds pretty cool, but what do you guys think? Are you liking the fact that Ryan is going the big studio route? Or do you think there's another person who's better for the Logan's reboot? Give me your opinions in the comments section and hit the subscribe button if you're liking our updates to make sure you don't miss out in the future. Thanks for watching Clever Movies. I'll see you when I see you.
Logan's run ran 119 minutes. It was very loosely based on a novel written in 1967, in apparently three weeks in a cafe, by William F. Nolan and George Johnson. It was released June 23, 1976. The movie was produced by Saul David and directed by Michael Anderson, an English director famous for Around the World in 80 Days from 1956, Orca, 1977, and The Martian Chronicles, TV series from 1980. The movie was shot for just $5 million, which would be more like $200 million in today's dollars. Much of it may not be apparent on the screen because of the special effects of the time, but most of it was done old school, with modeling, and so it seems a bit cheaper on the screen, although it was the first movie to use Dolby sound and holograms. The movie was shot primarily in the Dallas and Fort Worth metro area, in an actual mall and at the water gardens. They had to wait until the stores were closed to shoot the scenes in the mall. The film is very loosely based on William Nolan and jo George Johnson's novel from 1967. Very basic premise. Everyone dies at a specific age, the running, the termination, and sanctuary. Although in the book, sanctuary was on Mars, and they had to reach it by spaceship. The film opens with a great score by Jerry Goldsmith. Everyone knows about him, and uh, the music is really revolutionary for its time. When the film opens, it has a great shot of a baby's palm, which has what they call a life clock in it. In the books, it was called a palm flower. This life clock turns various colors based on the subject's age. The clock is clear at birth, turns yellow at age 8, green at 16, and then red between 22 and 24 years old, depending on what you want to believe from the movie. It flashes red before last day, and then black on last day. Everyone wears clothes matching the color of their life clocks, except for Sandmen, the police force of this future dystopian society. Last day, Capricorn 15s, year of the city, 2274, carousel begins. The movie opens up with uh, what I think is really great direction from Michael Anderson. Uh, shows a baby's left palm with a clear life clock in it. In the book, it was actually in the right palm. Why they decided to change that, I don't know. Many of the changes were apparently for monetary reasons, actually. I mean, Sanctuary supposedly being on Mars in the book and all that, it made it much cheaper to put the movie inside of a domed city, whereas in the book, it basically was the whole world, I believe. I haven't read the book. It opens up with some very interesting miniature shots. They show uh, public mass transit. They're called maze cars in tubes. I know we could have that technology today easily. And the two policemen are called Sandman. In the book, they were called DS men or deep sleep operatives. Instead of people dying in carousel, this was made up just for the movie. They actually volunteered themselves on last day to go to deep sleep shops, where basically it's like a gas chamber. 
where they'd be terminated or renewed <laughs> as they were taught to believe and i like how michael anderson shows um the giant sculptured hand with the life clock in it it's kind of uh, almost a fascist society you would say where um everything's great except of course you have to die at 30 the thing is it makes you wonder who had set this up and what happened to them there's obviously no political elements left apparently the city is controlled and everyone's lives are controlled entirely by a female voiced computer the Sandmen are shown at a nursery where apparently the the new people are born or produced in some way it's not given to us how these people are made but apparently they're clones of each other consider the name Logan 5 Francis 7 and they talk about um, Francis 7 says to Logan 5 he says after all he's not yours anymore it seems that they do know that they talk about a seed mother too so they would be seed fathers you know sort of like some sort of uh, seed bank uh, who knows how the you know their sperm or eggs are collected if they are or, or however they're cloned but apparently these people are clones of each other does this mean eugenics has been perfected as well is there no more disease it's incredible to me to to think about how deep these implications really are is this some sort of quasi super nazi society look at the sandman uniforms after all although i do think they are pretty cool yeah okay with that i think we'll continue on to the next clip which is uh showing people entering carousel on last day this may have sounded like a holiday <laughs> the way i made it sound a moment ago but actually it's no holiday. These people actually believe in reincarnation. They're taught to believe that as Logan questions. They're smart enough to know or to think for themselves a little bit anyway. But uh, it seems to be almost a sin to question what they're taught to believe. That at 30 years old, if they enter this carousel and try like hell for renewal, meaning I guess to rise up as high as they can in this carousel, that perhaps they will be renewed runners who do not wish to die at 30 and try to escape are not offered any type of renewal there's no chance of uh, being reborn for them according to the sandman anyway don't know how it's done in the book but it works for the film capricorn 15s born 2244 enter the carousel this is the time of renewal. Be strong, and you will be renewed.
some time ago, AMC ran a program called Cinema Secrets, and they ran a segment on the technology and engineering involved in the carousel sequence of Logan's Run. Here's a bit of that now. Wirework took a giant leap forward in the post-apocalyptic world of the 1976 classic Logan's Run. The technique is pivotal to the film's carousel, a bizarre end-of-life ritual at the center of the utopian society. It had to be spectacular. It had to give you the spectacle that you expected from, let's say, an arena in Rome. Thousand extras surrounding it, yelling, renew, renew, go, go, watching them die and, uh, and, and realizing that this was part of the ritual of, of the society into which they, they, they had been born. Director Michael Anderson recruited special effects producer Glenn Robinson to create the movie's futuristic vision. Robinson had just dazzled Hollywood with his work on the 1975 remake of The Hindenburg. His father who was in the business. And so he basically learned a lot of it from his father, like I learned a lot from my dad about the business. For Glenn's son, Ray, Logan's run was a chance to work on his first feature film with his father. He recalls the pressure his dad was under to push the limits of Hollywood engineering to build the carousel. He wanted to have 18 people flying through the air all at once. And I think they went to him hoping that they could get, you know, half or a quarter of that. And then he came back and said, yeah, we can do it. It was also an important film for Lucinda Strub. With Glenn Robinson's support, she broke the gender barrier by becoming Hollywood's first female effects technician. It is. He didn't treat me any differently. He only treated me differently because I was a very hard worker. For Strub and the rest of the crew, it takes months of hard work to assemble the revolving grid that will suspend the actors more than five stories above a spinning platform. To ensure the two giant wheels spin at exactly the same speed, Robinson's team devises a clever way to use one power source and a continuous cable to drive both turntables. Powerful engines mounted to the rotating grid allow each performer to be winched up and down on piano wire independently. We went the extra mile, I mean, or 20 miles, that a lot of people would say, ah, oh, you know, forget it, we can't do it, it's too much work. But even when people go that extra distance, things can still go wrong. Michael Anderson recalls a rehearsal that took a disastrous turn. I remember Glenn Robinson coming in, we were shooting something else, and he said, there's a bit of an emergency. He said, all the wires are tangled up. And the fire brigade, the studio fire brigade, had to come in with long ladders and un unhook each and bring everyone down. When filming begins, safety is a priority. The flyers are spread further apart to prevent any more dangerous mid-air accidents. Tension on the set is high as the performers lift off. They were just sort of nebulous people out there in the same costume going around and around. Keeping track of your person. And so you, we had two guys watching every person with a stop button. We didn't want to keep them too far off the ground because... You know, there's nothing that we could we couldn't hide any padding or anything down there for safety. Aware that there's no room for error, Glenn Robinson's hand is on the master kill switch throughout the shoot. As soon as the hands came up to switch, the disc brakes would engage and would lock the flyers whatever altitude they're at, and it would also lock the carousel. 
from spinning anymore. But this time, the carousel works and the crew prepares to detonate explosive packs strapped to the actors' fireproof costumes for the scene's finale. They wanted to have a big spark because then that would be their, their transition point where the person disappeared from. One by one, the performers vanish in a fiery flash. It's a shocking end to the film's end-of-life ritual. Robinson's carousel has performed flawlessly. He calls himself a nuts and bolts man, but he's not. He's far more than that. It was a very complex and scene, and Glenn uh, um, was the master. He's a mechanical wizard. A mechanical wizard who used traditional Hollywood effects to create an Oscar-winning glimpse into the future. Logan 5 gets a call on his follower, his runner tracking device. He's tasked with finding the runner and terminating him. Francis Seven soon sees he's gone and follows after him. He's not going to miss out on any action. What you gonna do when the Sandman come for you? Anyway, that was an awesome scene. Perfect time to talk about the nice props, the so-called flame guns in fandom, although they're given no name in particular in the, in the movie. 
Uh, in the TV series that came later, they were called weapons. In the book, they were called DS guns, apparently. Deep sleep pistols. We also see here uh, Francis Seven's uh, beliefs. He's a dyed-in-the-wool Sandman, as Logan is at the time, about uh, being able to be renewed on Carousel. And now he has no chance of that. In fact, <laughs> he is uh, liquefied <laughs> on screen, and it's pretty awesome. I don't know what that is that they're showing, but um, wow. I have seen dog food that looks better than that. Great, great effect. I don't have very much information on the followers. From what I've seen, they were basically just a black box with um, some pre-printed screens for whatever on screen that they had. Similar to some of the hero tricorders out there that were just not very detailed, except when uh, shown on screen. Here we see that uh, it's able to be used as some sort of walkie-talkie and also to give a uh, positive identification. So it's got uh, facial recognition. Yeah, similar to that. On the screen here we saw that it said uh, identity confirmed new U483. Apparently it's some sort of face-changing spa <laughs> that you can get a face change. Later you'll see that Logan questions why this runner would get a face change on last day and considers the fact that Maybe someone at New U-43 is helping runners, sort of like an underground railroad to Sanctuary. All right, so let's see again to talking about these flame guns. They were really awesome. They actually used gas, acetylene gas, from the old uh, miner lamp type of chemical process, which Rico would probably be quite familiar with, uh, calcium carbide and water. Yeah, so the guns actually used acetylene gas. It sprayed out from uh, the rear uh, from a cartridge, and it was sprayed onto a hot glow plug to create that effect. And apparently, uh, Richard Jordan burned his leg one time with the device. Yeah, they had seemed to have a lot of trouble with that on set. And there's a little rumor floating around the internet that they cost about 20000 a piece. We do find that hard to believe. So there was a toggle switch on the front end, and you would press a trigger which opened up a valve that allowed the acetylene gas to go forward onto, uh, to be blown onto this uh, glow plug at the front of the gun, creating a very neat effect. Uh, there were slots in four directions, um, so when the gas was burned, it was sort of like a torch, and it would spray out in four directions. I just love the look of that on screen. It's great. And it seems that one of the problems with the gas uh, was that it, it was very low pressure. It seems that one of the problems was that the gas pressure only lasted a short time, and they had to continually put in uh, new gas cartridges. I'm going to turn it over to my son Aaron, and um, he'll talk a little bit more about flame guns from Logan's Run. And we got some of these um, bits of information from several of the uh, sites on the interwebs. There's a whole lot of info out there. If you're really interested in this film and the props and the um, costuming, just pretty much anything about the film, I recommend you do some internet searching on it. There's a whole lot out there, since it has been a good while since the film came out. All right, so here's Aaron. All right, so how'd this fire breather work? Carbide and water, the same stuff used in old-timers, old-time miners' helmets. When mixed with water, calcium carbide gives off acetylene gas, which will burn just like a torch. The closed chamber at the rear of the gun would produce a fair amount of gas at moderate pressure, so getting the rear cap on after throwing the reactants was a real challenge. In fact, it generated enough pressure that the prop makers had to add a booster spring to the valve in order to keep it closed. 
The trigger simply does open the valve, thereby allowing the gas to flow through the tube into the front of the gun and shoot out. The jet of gas would hit the front of the muzzle and fan out, hitting the red hot glow plug mounted on the bottom front of the end of the muzzle, just in front of the fin. The glow plug was powered by a 2.5 volt rechargeable lead acid battery mounted within the pistol grips. It was turned off and on by the toggle switch just in front of the trigger on the underside of the pistol's frame. It's also a fact that many recreations and the one genuine working prop leaked gas around the valve on many test firings. I believe that the expressions of the actors' faces and their tight grip of the pistol suggest that they were concerned about this flaw during the filming of the action scenes where they had to actually fire the gun. on the circuit. It was a mistake. Sad? What do you feel sad about? A friend of mine went on carousel. Now he's gone. Yes, well, I'm, I'm sure he was renewed. He was killed, like the others. Killed? Why do you, why do you use that word? Isn't that what you do? Kill? I've never killed anyone in my life. Simon Terminate Runners. What's your name? Jessica. Well, sad or not, you're beautiful. Let's have sex. No. Then why are you wasting my time, hmm? Why did you put yourself on the circuit? I thought I had to do something. I told you it was a mistake. And I've changed my mind. Because I'm a sad man? Am I your first? Yes. And I'm curious. About what? How Sandman lives. Oh, it's a little different from most people, but I assure you we have the same feelings as everybody else. So, uh, if you're feeling really curious, it's, um... Not about that. What, then? Why is it wrong to run? <laughs> you shouldn't have been thinking such things, let alone talking about them. Look... You know what to do. You try like hell for a renewal. Otherwise, when, when this turns to black, that's it. But if for some strange reason you want to be 31, then, then you have the same chance as everyone else. Like your friend tonight. Carousel. But, if you're one of the misfits, 
That's where I come in. I didn't say that I would run. Mm -hmm. I just... How old are you? I'm six. I go red next year. <laughs> oh, you're years away. What quad you live in? K. You're quite sure you don't want to... It's nice to know you can nod. It's nice to know you can do that, too. <laughs> hey, look, I'm looking all over that cake for you. <laughs> We're having a party, right? Yes, right. <laughs> a runner in cathedral. How come? Ran into some cubs I couldn't manage. One of them cut me bad all the way down. Cubs? I'm on my way to New You for repairs. Get yourself a new face while you're at it. They know you now. <laughs> you know, I might look in on a new you myself. I'm before 83. You? Why? It's that last runner. I think he got a face change on last day. Well, if so, someone in 483 was trying to help him. Check it out. After Logan 5 terminates the runner, he loots the body, finding an Ankh-like symbol. He turns in the evidence at Central Command, and it seems to throw the computer for a loop. Logan 5. And identify. Sit facing the screen, Logan Five. Identify. this object. Negative. Question, what is it? That is the name of the object, Ankh. Do you identify this word, sanctuary? Negative. Sanctuary is a pre-catastrophe code word used for a place of immunity. I don't understand. The object Ankh has been identified with the code word Sanctuary. The object and the word both relate to runners who have not been accounted for. Question. Hold. 
unaccounted runners 1056. You may state your question. 1056 unaccounted for? The number is correct. That's impossible. Question. Maybe they weren't all runners. Maybe most of them reached life renewal on carousel. Question. Nobody reached renewal? But everybody believes that, that some... The question has been answered, Logan 5. You mean nobody's ever been renewed? The question has been answered. You are authorized to penetrate city seals and search outside the dome. Hmm? You see? Uh, question, what seals? Outside? Well, there's, there's nothing else. You will find sanctuary and destroy. No question. Uh, what if I need help from another sand? Negative. You will begin assignment by becoming a runner seeking sanctuary. Question. Uh, I'm only red six now. Well, how can I pretend that I'm approaching last? Identify. Still red six? But I had four more years. I will get them back, won't I? You will take the object Ankh with you for identification. Question. Do I get my four years back? So that was a great scene. 
Logan is tasked now with an impossible mission. To pretend to be a runner, to find and destroy Sanctuary. In the Central Command, they show um, a bunch of blinking lights going on and off, multiple different colors. Apparently, those represented the various age ranks of the life clocks. You had blue, yellow, green, red. And you can see the lights going on and off. Uh, apparently, that was supposed to represent people dying on carousel and being renewed or reborn. Logan is really troubled by the computer's inability or or not just not wanting to answer his questions. Logan's really troubled by the computer's coyness surrounding the whole uh, runners being renewed or not renewed. Logan is really troubled by the computer's coyness and not answering his question about the runners 1056 of them that are unaccounted for and apparently were not renewed. He finds Francis Seven at the baths and asks him about that. Francis, did you did you ever see anybody renew? <laughs> I think you've been sculling out too much. Where's the nursery and those silly questions? No, but did you? Did I what? See anybody we know? Of course. Anybody we know? Look, get into the water. You need it more than I do. Francis, I have to talk to you. I'll see you. Even though Logan is still troubled about the computer not answering his questions and totally avoiding the situation, he is a dyed-in-the-wool sandman. And he is going to get his four years back and destroy Sanctuary if at all possible. So he seeks out Jessica Six once again. Why show me? Because I'm going to run. Why tell me? You know something. About running? Dying what? Both, but uh, running is what I'm interested in. I know what everyone knows. Try like hell for a new. You have the same chance as anyone else, Carousel. Look, don't you understand? It's different now because it's me, my life. Help me. How can I? Where did you get that? I got it from a runner. And then you killed him, right? It was my job. But now... Now it's different. Believe me. I don't. Speak to your friends for me, Jessica. What friends? Look, I don't have much time. I never heard of a Sandman running, ever. And I never heard of Sanctuary. Another great scene. I'm trying to keep this podcast uh, at a reasonable length of time, hopefully around an hour and a half. There's just so much to say about this movie and so much to cover. There's one clip I really want to show you guys. It's, um, yeah, this studio visit from 1975 I found on YouTube, along with quite a few other good clips. I recommend you guys visit YouTube or just search the interwebs and um, find a lot of this information on Logan's Run that I could not cover today. Anyway, this uh, studio visit is really awesome, and if you can find it on YouTube, 
look at the visuals it's really great anyway here's the audio i mean those clothes wow first thing we see is on stage 15. it's an eerie three-dimensional hologram of michael york the star of logan's run sandman the futuristic police of this story set in the 23rd century there are also imaginative rooms and devices that make up this future world these immensely creative sets are part of the headquarters for the Sandman. A press conference is held to introduce Saul David, the producer of Logan's Run. When I'm off to the cradle of Logan's Run, you will see some of the... Uh infant sets of warning some of the things on this stage and uh, you know, i guess you've looked at the drawings and paintings of some of the other things you've looked at the holograms and been properly impressed i suppose on your way in michael anderson the director of logan's run also did around the world in 80 days now he tells of the problems he faces in setting the look and feel of the 23rd century for his new movie Twenty-third century fashion show is conducted by Bill Thomas, the film's costume designer. The colors of the costumes tell a person's age in this futuristic adventure. change the outfits for the Sandmen. I think I like their latter decision on the Sandmen uniforms better. Logan is alerted to runners in Cathedral and he is tasked with taking care of the situation. Jessica Six tags along. He lets the runner go and she begins to believe him. Logan, I must tell you now, when we were in arcade, I was taking you to be killed. I'm sorry, I didn't believe you. But you, you do now? Of course. You let the runner go. Then tell me where Sanctuary is. Take me to your friends. Logan, I, I can't tell you. And if I take you to them, they will kill you. But you saw me let her go. Tell them. They won't listen. You're a sandman. They won't take the chance. After leaving Cathedral, Logan and Jessica Six head to the new U-483, where Logan is going to apparently get a new face to help him further uh, his disguise in uh, attaining his goal of finding Sanctuary and defeating it. It's there that Doc gets word of what the Sandman is seeking to do, and fears of, for Sanctuary decides to go ahead and kill him with the machine, but is killed instead. Logan then runs, and runs straight into Francis Seven. Oh, Francis, get out! I get out! What are you talking about? So there I go. What? In cathedral. 
Also see in the uh, new you, the lovely Farrah Fawcett. Francis Seven chases after Logan and Jessica into the love shop. Before Jessica and Logan make it outside, they have to pass the gatekeepers to Sanctuary. You better stay behind me. How are they know we're coming? They're watching us now. We'll let us in when they're sure. Logan activates his follower, signaling the Sandman at Central as to his location. They will soon raid the area where the gatekeepers are, terminating many of them. Logan turns against Francis Seven and escapes through the sealed city doors, out the back entrances, down the stairs, which were actually the stairs of the soundstage, to the outside world and the wilderness to seek sanctuary. Look, I'm a runner. She brought me here because I begged her to help me. Oh! He's lying. No sad man ever ran. You don't run. You kill runners. You have always killed runners. Yes, I have. But now it's my turn. And I find I want to live. What's the matter with you? He's a runner. He's blinking. We must help anyone who asks. We must. Well, the same as there, deciding who lives and who dies. Uh, I'm your friend, I understand. We all go crazy once in a while. Nobody knows except me. I could have turned you in, I didn't. But she's a runner. And it's over. Come to me. Now. 
Logan and Jessica Six escape the city and enter a strange, frozen underground cavern on their way outside. It's here they run into Box, guardian of this place. Welcome, humans. I am ready for you. Fish, plankton, sea greens, and protein from the sea. Fresh as harvest. Overwhelming, am I not? Are you too startled? Am I too removed from your head? Who are you? I'm more than a machine, or man. More than a fusion of the two. Don't you agree? Wait for the winds. Then my birds sing, and the deep grottos whisper my name. Thank you. 
They escape outside where Jenny and Logan get their first full glimpse of the rising sun. Here, where a lizard crawls up Jenny's skirt. So they see the Washington Monument and a post-catastrophe Washington, D.C. They've reached the Lincoln Memorial. They reach the Capitol building, where they find a humorous old man residing there, with many, many cats. 
And it's in these scenes, the old man quotes from T.S. Eliot's Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats. This is just for six. Well, I never much cared for my name, even when I could remember it. You're from the city? Yes. Yes, we came through the ice. We got past Fox. What? This is sanctuary, isn't it? Thank you, Ellen. Can I see your hand? <laughs> His face. His hair. Is that what it is, to grow old? Well, I guess so. Huh? How old are you? Oh, fine. Well, I'm as old as I am, I suppose. Your hair is... Your hair is white? Yeah. Well, it wasn't always that curly. I got my, my color someplace here. It wasn't your color. It wasn't much like yours, either. It was cracks in your face. Do they hurt? Can I touch them? Oh, my. Jessica can't seem to accept the fact that Sanctuary just doesn't exist and wanders off away from Logan. 
and runs smack dab into Francis Seven. Oh, uh, Father said that one of these people never told a lie. I don't know which one it is.
That was the right shot. Watch around there. He's tricky. We'll throw you. Francis dies, and they bury him outside. They head back to the city with the old man in tow. What do we promise? He has to we would bury him when his time comes. We can. We're going back. Back? To what? I have to tell them the truth. You won't be able to tell anybody anything. You'll be killed the moment you're seen. Not when they've learned what we... They won't listen. Things don't change. Stay here. Together. Have a life as long as his together. Yes, sir. Things do change. Look. You're lying. You don't want to change anything. You want to go back oh, to kill. Francis was right. Yes. You just... really... No! Don't do 
Last day, Capricorn 29s, year of the city, 2274. Carousel begins. So Logan and Jessica are captured by the Sandman and taken for interrogation in front of the main computer at Central. Logan 5. Did you find Sanctuary? Did you find Sanctuary? We will begin surrogation. called Sanctuary. Report. There is no sanctuary. Unacceptable. The answer does not program. You were assigned no to locate missing runners. State what you found. Does not program open fire. You may not resist. You must not resist, Logan Fire. Did you find sanctuary?
Logan's answers do not compute, and it destroys the main computer. Logan and Jessica run from the central complex, destroying the computer on the way. With the destruction of the central main computer, the city falls. The old man is waiting outside for them as they leave the city. Hundreds of people running outside to safety where they encounter the old man and see that they can grow old as well. here after Logan waves that one of the extras waves also and throws up the Vulcan greeting that Spock is well famed for. Live long and prosper. The end. The city is shown in utter destruction. Stick around for the details. Welcome back to Clever Movies. I'm your host, Chelsea Cannell. 
Based on the novel by William F. Nolan, Logan's Run is the story of Logan, a Sandman charged with enforcing death in order to control overpopulation and the consumption of resources. It's also Hollywood's latest big-budget remake. With Joel Silver producing, audiences can expect all the fierce fabulousness of a bigger-than-life blockbuster. But, according to Silver, the buck doesn't stop there. In an interview with MTV, the Logan's Run producer told the network that they are currently writing the script for the film, and he thinks it has everything necessary to be a big 3D movie. He then added that if they can pull it together, then it would be. Looks like Hollywood's obsession with 3D shows no signs of stopping. Thanks for watching Clever Movies, and I'll see you next time. We really enjoyed the scene where Logan 5 and Jessica 6 meet up with the old man at the Capitol building. My daughter, Ariana 1, will now read a short selection called The Naming of Cats from Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats. The Naming of Cats by T.S. Eliot The naming of cats is a difficult matter. It isn't just one of your holiday games. You may think at first I'm as mad as a hatter. When I tell you, a cat must have three different names. First of all, there's the name that the family use daily, such as Peter, Augustus, Alonzo, or James, such as Victor, or Jonathan, George, or Bill Bailey. All of them sensible everyday names. There are fancier names if you think they sound sweeter. Some for the gentlemen, some for the dames, such as Pluto, Admetus, Electra, Demeter, but all of them sensible everyday names. But I tell you, a cat needs a name that's particular, a name that's peculiar and more dignified, else how can he keep up his tail perpendicular, or spread out his whiskers, or cherish his pride? Okay, well with this we'll wrap up the podcast. Thanks again, Rico, for allowing us to sit in for you this weekend. We had a great time doing this. A great sci-fi flick. It needed to be covered by somebody. Someone had to step up to the plate for that. And uh, can't wait to hear uh, The Greatest American Hero. Uh, Looking forward to that. Anyway, we uh, love the show. Hope you don't shut down in the next year or so like you you alluded to. But uh, if you do, you know, we've got a few hundred to listen to again. Hasta la vista. David Zenya. Auf Wiederhören. We appreciate all the people on the internet who have helped with this podcast. Lots of clips on YouTube and various websites. And we just wanted to give a shout out to all of our friends and family for helping us to make this happen. For Ricardo, for the three beautiful children I have, and my best friend William Ullman, for my son Aaron One, my daughters Alyssa One and Ariana One, for bringing great joy to my life. With this, we will call this a podcast. Trucks and Sci-Fi number 397. Logan's Run. Hope you enjoyed it. This is Don 2, running out of centons, and signing out. Peace and long life.